it so explains to me one of the things I love the most about Donner films, mm. which is I don't know who Donner's best friend is, but he's got to be the luckiest guy alive because Donner understands friendship better than any director he that really he's ever does. directed. Like that is at the core, the the most core element of all of his movies to me. And there's some that go outside of that, but for the ones I love, it's friendship. And yeah. this is a great friendship movie. Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Our mission is to take you on a most excellent adventure through time. Buzz in the Tower is so much more than a podcast. It's the map to One-Eyed Willie's treasure. And all you have to do is sit back, listen, and repeat after me. Klaatu! Barata! <clears throat> Buzz in the Tower answers the questions you didn't even know you had. Like who would win in a fight, John Rambo or Hans Gruber? Or who is dreamier, Jake Ryan or Marty McFly? So as we rank, debate, and offer fresh takes of the best of the best from 80s cinema, please remember, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to a podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Don't forget to subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For bonus content, you can find us on all social media channels by searching our handle at Buzz in the Tower. For more podcasts, information, or to contact us with topics you'd like us to talk about, visit our website, buzzinthetower.com. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, thetower.com. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Verde Media. Max, I couldn't be happier with the way our website looks. So good. Yeah. If you haven't had a chance to take a look at our website yet, you need to right away. These guys, website development, online marketing, they are outstanding. Am I exaggerating at all? It is so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend having them build you one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, look, they're the best of the best. And working with John, uh, their owner, a self-admitted 80s martial arts movie nerd was an absolute joy. Is that why you said the best of the best? That is why I said yeah. that was a tip of the hat to John. Um, they're more than our sponsor. They're our partner. And if you are looking to build a website, they are the group to go to. Uh, find their link on our website and check them out, Verde Media. Today's episode, Remembering Richard Donner. On July 5th, 2021, the world lost an entertainment icon. At the age of 91, Richard Donner left a legacy very few will ever come close to even touching. You cannot talk about the 80s without mentioning his work and its impact on cinema. Clark Kent, One-Eyed Willie, Murtaugh and Riggs, and a hawk that was a lady all owe a debt of gratitude to one of Hollywood's greatest directors. On today's episode of Buzz in the Tower, we'll look back at the films Donner made during the 1980s and talk about a man whose talent was only rivaled by his kindness. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the chunk to my Mikey, Max Sanders. And with that... Our parents, they wanted the bestest stuff for us. But right now, they gotta do what's right for them, cause it's their time. Their time up there. Down here, it's our time. It's our time down here. That's all over the second we ride up Troy's bucket. There's no way you're Mikey. I, I think I'm a Mikey. Really? You really thought about this? You're not mouth? All right, I'm a little bit of mouth. Little bit? My God. You and Feldman were separated at birth. Can we, uh, can we talk more about the Goonies? <laughs> <laughs> Starting early today, huh? I just figured we're talking about Richard Donner. Let's just do an hour episode about the Goonies. Let's not and say we did. Oh, boy. Uh, Max, welcome to the show. Yes. 
So <laughs> I love when you say yes. It's so weird. Uh, it's really strange. It is super weird. <laughs> it's a very common we, word. We have a couple. No, we have a couple episodes where someone will be like, you know, blue is my favorite color, and you're like, yes, yes. <laughs> you told me to stop doing that. You still are doing it. It's just a little. You're like, yes, yes. That was a solemn yes. It's a little intense. Yeah. Richard Donner. So today's episode, we are going to talk about the life and work of Richard Donner. And we did a Remembering John Candy episode and it was emotional and it was great. This is a little bit unique though, because when you do an actor that's passed away, especially one that passed away as young as he did, it's the mixed emotion of left us too soon. What could have been. Right. Additionally, the way that we would talk about John Candy, the personal connection with his roles, it's humanized more. In Richard Donner's case, he might be one of my favorite directors of all time. If you look at the films that he made, when I list my favorite movies, his name pops up all over. I mean, outside of the Goonies, obviously, which we'll talk about. Yeah, mine too. But that's the thing that at starting point for us that was exciting about doing this then, I'm sure you found this too. I I don't know if everybody knows this. You and I research separately, so we don't like really bring our notes together with each other. I wish we did. I wish we I held don't. hands I love and it. ate popcorn. I, I, I bet you bet each other popcorn. My Kettle God, corn. Are you a kettle a corn guy? No, moving along. Caramel corn. Thank you. Cheddar popcorn. Please stop for God's sake. <laughs> what I learned about him, the the universal respect people had for him, the kindness, the oh, stories, yeah. it, it just makes you take someone that I already had an enormous amount of respect for and like, I love him now. Like he's, he's my guy. It's weird. He's, I feel like he's talented in the way that Spielberg, Scorsese, De Palma, and Lucas are. But for some reason, he's ranked a tier below because he doesn't have that one signature movie. Nine hundred million dollars. Yeah, Although yeah. I would argue all day that Lethal, Lethal Weapon, Weapon yep. changed buddy cops. And whoa, whoa, you are you are in a time machine, and you are thirty minutes deep into this episode. Let's slow down. <laughs> do you want to jump? I, I'm ready. I'm ready to talk. Uh, before we do any of that, you know, it's, we have so many things now. It's really this is really all this responsibility is on me to remember all this stuff. You know, you never you never help out. You never say, hey, let me remind you of all the things we have to cover at the beginning of the episode. Well, you carry like, your weight. You like carry your weight. You're the alpha. I, I don't want to be the alpha. I'm a beta boy. You are. And <laughs> <laughs> you need a shirt that says beta boy. Uh, all right. So let's start with our friends. Neon Noir Productions. Oh, yeah. The, oh, yeah. Now you remember. Yeah. You're the one who reminded no, me of this no, one. I'm, sec- I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you haven't gone to our YouTube channel yet, you should. And the intro reel to the YouTube channel was done by them. They're Crushed immensely it. talented. And Max, take over. Since I, I don't want to be the alpha for a few minutes, tell everybody what they have to look forward to. So they have a new album coming out. Nice. And it's incredible. It's nice. synth wave. There's like this cool car vibe to it. You know, there's like cars revving. Mm-hmm. There's like voice messages about like being broken up with. And then the synth <laughs> hits on. It's called Sunsets and Supercars. Nice. When's it come out? July 16th. Is there any preview stuff we can sneak a peek at for uh, the people out there if they want to go check it out? I think AJ is going to put some stuff on Instagram for Neon Noir Productions. All right. So go find them. Neon Noir Productions. Find them on Instagram and keep your eyes peeled and your ears open for their new album coming out. If you didn't see it on social media, we found our first review ever. That was our $50 80stees.com giveaway gift card this last week. Yeah. We wanted to, first of all, again, so unbelievably grateful. We hit a thousand reviews on Apple Podcasts. Retirement time. And we tried to find the very first review and we found him, Metal Jair, and we sent him his gift card. And so keep your eyes peeled for more on that. But that was exciting. And there's a special connection too, because we gave him the podcast before, ahead of time before we released, yeah, right? Because he's yeah. like, I like your Instagram stuff. You know, it's cool. I'm like, hey, man, on the low. <laughs> on the DL. Take a listen and let us know what you think. Yeah. And he's like, I'm in. That's awesome. That's awesome. 
as one contest winner is selected, a new one is born. A new one is born from the ashes. The phoenix <laughs> shall rise. <laughs> what is that? What's a phoenix? Not that. Oh man, it's gonna be a long day. All right, so <laughs> the the next contest is in honor of the Apple reviews that you guys have been giving, which are fantastic. Go to our Apple podcast page. We send people to Apple. You can certainly go to Spotify and follow on there, but we find most of our listeners are on Apple. But if you're on Spotify, that's fine too. Yeah, do it. Uh, But for those listening, they're on Apple. Go to our Apple podcast, rate, review, subscribe. So make sure that you are subscribed. Make sure you leave us five stars and make sure that you leave a review. When you leave your review, it's going to ask you for some information. Make sure you actually put your Instagram or Facebook handle or something that we can use to identify you. And when you're done with your glowing review of Buzz in the Tower, throw a hashtag in there. A hashtag related to 80s movies. Input. Anything you want. So I would do hashtag Goonies Never Say Die. Hey, laser lips. Max would do hashtag hey, laser lips, <laughs> obviously. Or hashtag happy birthday, Polly. That's a good one. That's a good one. Or hashtag dead or alive. You're coming with. Okay, whatever. Hashtag I'm, I, little pickles. Yes. No. It's real genius. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. It's deep cut. So if you throw a hashtag in there, we know that you're doing it for this contest. So we will take everyone who rate reviews and subscribes in the next week. And we'll take all those names. We'll throw them in a bag. We'll pull a winner. $50 gift card from our sponsors. 80s tease.com. Can we get an official bag? No. Oh. You'll get a, I'll get you a bingo wheel. Get him a bingo body cages. bag. Oh, Can we have a body bag? No, we can't. Well, actually, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Draw names from body bags. Yeah. I'll look into that, Max. <laughs> my girlfriend used to work at a morgue. That's great. I can't wait for my browser to be like 80s movies and body bags. People are going to wonder what's going on. So then the last bit of information. Sounds like a punk band. Another exciting and big announcement. There is something called the 80s happy hour. I look forward to it every month. It's fantastic, right? It is hosted by two of our really good retro friends, Jonathan and Timmy. Yeah. Back to the 80s with a Z is Timmy. He's got like the craziest collection of 80s nostalgia I've ever seen. He's no joke. Oh, neither is John. John's no slouch. So John is from San Diego. That underscore 80s underscore dude. And he's very into movies. Big Trouble Little China, a bunch of that stuff. It was so his four kids could understand why he loved the 80s and just took off like a rocket. And now they're doing this 80s happy hour. Which is a blast. Oh and gosh, and, yeah. and like we've had both John and Timmy on as Buzz in the Tower fan spotlights. Timmy was our first. He was our first. And so we're doing something real special. And I want everybody to mark their calendars. Max, mark your calendar. Let me marking see. It. Are you marking it? Thursday, July 29th. 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard. That's where Max and I dwell in the Eastern Standard. <laughs> We've been asked to be guests on 80s Happy Hour. Cordially invited. Cordially invited. And not only will we be on the show, but we will be taking audio from that guest spot to do our Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight for that upcoming episode. No way. I didn't know that. We additionally will be giving out a $50 gift card from 80stees.com. Like right then, live? Live. Sweet. Live on air. So to our followers and listeners, go to 80s Happy Hour, follow them on Instagram, and get ready July 29th for quite the show. I'm so excited. Am I done? Have I covered everything? I feel like I just gave like a laundry list of things to cover. Yeah, we're getting getting close to the show. We're We're, we're kind of big time. We're kind of a big deal. Max, are we ready to jump into the episode? It's rock and roll. I have rules. For a remembering Richard Donner. <laughs> For a remembering Richard Donner. They're not a lot of rules. We're going to primarily focus when it comes to the movie part on just the movies that he did in the 80s. Well, doy. With a special exemption for Superman 2, which we'll talk about because although technically he didn't direct it, he did direct it. He directed most of it. Right. There's a little unique. And there's a cut it. of his. It's, there is a cut yeah, of his. Yeah. Which we watched. 
As far as the early on stuff, how he got to where he's at, I know you have your encyclopedia ready to go of everything from whether he's right-handed, left-handed, whatever. So I'm not going to... Ambidextrous, actually. I'm, I'm ready. I want to talk about Richard Donner. I want to talk about his movies. I want to remember him. So let's hop into it. Let's do it. Tell me about Richard Donner, Max. Richard Donald Schwartzberg. <laughs> Born... It's a nice Irish lad. <laughs> yeah. Born April 24th, 1930 in New York City. He's six foot two, by the way, which is very important. And handsome. Yeah. You've seen pictures of him when he was younger. Oh I mean, God. he was handsome when he was older, too, but I mean, handsome dude. And if you listen to him, that big, gruff voice, yeah, yeah. you know, oh my God. I love the, it's like God came down is talking to you. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, if he was a director of me, I'd be like, oh, this guy means business. Kent. <laughs> this is God. <laughs> Born in the Bronx, Jewish parents, Fred and Hattie. Father had a furniture manufacturing business. And he was fascinated by movies because he went to his grandfather's theater in Brooklyn. Owned a, yeah, owned a theater in Brooklyn. Yeah, so him and his sister would go. Initially an actor, and he had a bit part on TV roles. He was encouraged by a director, Martin Ritt, which I'm kind of curious. If yeah, that's Martin Riggs. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. I read the same thing. I go, I wonder if that was like a tip of the hat yeah. in the naming. He's like, Although Shane Black wrote Lethal Weapon, so I don't know if Donner had that much influence on the names of Donner the Donner changed a lot of... Okay, of okay, the, the, okay. Yeah, so I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you stopped me dead. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, he did 50s TV dramas. He did a Steve McQueen Western. He which, did over 25 shows. He directed yeah. over 25 different shows, yeah. Gilligan's Island, Get Smart, The Twilight Zone, yeah. with the most iconic episode of all time. Yeah, the Shatner one, right? Yeah, Nightmare yeah. at 20,000 Feet. Are you impressed? I'm keeping up with your facts. You're like, why is, why is, I'm, why is, Mo, why is Mo know all these? Shut your mouth. This is my time to shine. <laughs> Tales from the Crypt, Kojak. Did you ever get into Tales from the Crypt? Creep me out. I lo- oh, that's right. You're scared of everything. I, yeah. I used to watch it all the time. Yeah. Are there really, like particularly good ones or no? No, I just, I loved all of them. And then there was the movie that came out too that was good. All I know is The Last Crusade, when the guy's face melts, it's like the main guy from yeah. Tales of the Crypt, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's how I laugh normally, it isn't is it? You yeah. laugh. <laughs> First film was 1961, uh, X-15 with Charles Bronson and Mary Tyler Moore. I mean, good good gravy like yeah. this guy's like he's been around he's been around the, yeah yeah salt and pepper with sammy davis jr in 68 and i love he never used the same composer twice unless it was a sequel mm-hmm. so it's like he always adapted to new things yeah, and always yeah. tried new stuff mm-hmm. except he did it once with jerry goldsmith but you can't blame him but that's they, jerry goldsmith yeah they, they didn't use it in whatever the second movie was all right lots of uncredited appearances in his own movies we'll get into that later you know i, I you know there's one that i didn't look up and i wanted to see if it was what i thought it was but but go ahead do you want me to say him now? No, 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 okay. don't say him. When we get to the movies, we can yeah. say him. Yeah, yeah. And he's a good guy. He's like, he directed his cousin 14 times, Steve Kahn. Yep, yep. <laughs> or Kahan. <laughs> Started a production company with his wife, Lauren Shula Donner. Which that production company did Free Willy and the X-Men movies. Yeah. I mean, that was like no joke of a production And company. Any Given Sunday. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, he's prolific. He's worth over $100 million, yeah. which I love that stuff. I, you do I know. You, I, you I, and I your money, you were, money, eyes, and hair. I knew you were going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael Crichton wanted him to direct Jurassic Park. He was considered for Batman. He wanted Mel Gibson to be Batman. Oh, that that would have worked. Would've that would have worked. Incredible. That would have worked. Yeah. Because if you think, yeah, you're totally right. Gibson and Keaton both have that like, let's get nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have the switch. <laughs> Turned down Alien 3 and intended to direct Lost Boys. Like what a, that, that career is insane. Yeah. And the way he depicts violence, he likes it like old Westerns where it's like, it's shoot them up. It's fun. But it's not gratuitous. Not gratuitous. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like everyone can enjoy it. Yeah. And also he loves human free fall stunts. If you notice, there's a lot of people jumping off of things in his movies, you know, Lethal Weapon, yep. Lethal Weapon 2, Inside Moves. Yep. God, there's another one. Superman, mm-hmm. there's a ton of jumping. A ton of jumping, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm never not entertained when someone jumps off a building in so a movie. Are I, you? I agree. And I would add, and you may have been about to say this fact, but I think you skipped it. So I'm going to throw one in there that yeah, has man. to do with that. Uh, when he served in the Navy, he was an aerial photographer. 
I didn't know that. Yeah, isn't that wild? That's so awesome. I think a large part of like yeah. why he had such a passion for like visually seeing things like that. Yeah. Because I think about that, right? Like that's a job where you're seeing war and active uh, military zones in a whole different world. And that was his role in the Navy. He was a aerial photographer. It makes complete sense. Doesn't it? It fits perfectly. He should have done Top Gun. <laughs> Oh man, he would have been that Top Gun. Would have been, I mean, not no, that, no. Tony Scott rules. Don't you? Don't you? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Okay, good. I got a fun quote from him too. All right, excellent. He goes, "I have a bust of Abraham Lincoln in my office, and it's not because of his greatness that he did for our country, but it's because that whenever I look at him, I have to remember an actor killed him." <laughs> That's really good. Isn't that great? He's got a lot of wild quotes. I've got some that fit more with the movies he was working on later. But yeah. And 70s. Let's talk of 70s real okay. quick. Talk of 70s. Well, first, you have to because that basically is what teed him up for what he did in the yeah, 80s. First movie is The Freaking Omen. Yeah. Fifth. Have you seen The Omen yet? Yeah. <laughs> Scary. Scary. Yeah. And that I means it's on the heels of The Exorcist and it yeah. was, he crushed it. I mean, he immediately had A-list level intrigue in doing work because of how successful The Omen was. It wasn't supposed to be big either. No. It was a little movie. Those are the best movies. That's where producers and like the studios get salivate. Yeah. Because when they find someone who creates success when they weren't supposed to create success, then they're thinking, well, Christ, if we gave him an actual budget, yeah. they would just they'd kill it, right? And then they give him Superman. Yeah. <sighs> God. So Superman, this is the tempting part for me. I know we have to try to stick to the 80s movies, but I have to at least mention the story behind Superman. We got to get into it a little bit because yeah. I think it reflects his entire mentality on being a director and why I love his films as much as I do. He got that script and the producers had already been working on it for a year. Yeah. They had already done principal photography. They had done filming of flying. They were, uh, they, I say principal photography. You believe a man will fly. Right. And they hadn't picked who Superman was going to be yet, but they were working on the effects and trying to figure out a way to make it work. The script itself, when they dropped it off to Donner, Donner said it was the biggest script he'd ever seen in his life. It weighed like 40 pounds and it yeah. took him forever to read and it. And it was ridiculous. It was like it was slap, awful. slapstick it was awful. comedy. And he's like, no, we need this. He basically founded how Marvel does their movies you, now. You nailed it. Now go, go even further back than Marvel. I, so I've given, a, I've given a ton of credit, a yeah. ton of credit to Tim Burton yeah. when I talk about like what he did. But if you think about it, Tim Burton, Brian Singer, Christopher Nolan, Zack Schneider, those directly were impacted by what he did with Superman. Yeah. He made a very conscious decision. He felt that the script he received was disrespectful. And remember too, the cool thing about Donner, he was already a Superman and comic book fan yeah. before he actually got it. And I think that plays a huge role in his unwillingness to make it campy and awful. I mean, in the original script, there was a scene that had Superman looking for Lex Luthor, who's bald. And he's like, you love look in your face. Like, you know what I'm talking about? And he's scanning the whole city of Metropolis and trying to find him. And whose shoulder does he tap on? Go Jack! And what does Kojak say? Who do you love, baby? Like, that is so campy Lollipop. and cheesy and absurd, right? <laughs> so he he wanted nothing to do with that. So this is the initial tension between him and the producers starts right at this point. Yep. You know, goes out, was able, goes to Paris, you go to London, he went somewhere. London. London. Sits down with them and says, I'm not doing this unless I completely revamp the script. And they're like, no, no, the script's perfect. He's like, I can't do this. He goes to walk out. They're like, wait, 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 no, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> then he sees the, what they're doing for the flying. And the flying was literally like a piece of plywood and yeah. like four wires. He's like, no, like you have to believe a man will fly. The man will fly. Yep. I love that quote, by yeah. the way. Oh, it's the best. And they're like, no, 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 we're good. We're good. And he's like, no. And they're like, I'm leaving. He's like, all right, fine, fine, fine. So he basically scrapped everything that they were doing and started from scratch. And he had the cojones to hire Christopher Reeves, who was a no one, right? Who was 50 pounds under the weight of Superman at the he time. He fought with them at the interview or the interview at the uh, audition. Yeah. He was challenging Christopher Reeves build and Christopher Reeves was like, I was a jock. Yeah. I just lost all this weight to become an actor. And he's like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah. Then uh, do you know who they were looking for and who he met with and was considering for the, I think the studio was pushing him at the time. Stallone. Oh, I was going to say Arnold. No, not Arnold <laughs> Stallone who like he had nice things to say about, but it just, his, his whole point was, 
he wanted the audience to watch this person flying and believe in these characters. And he said like, nobody's going to believe Robert Redford doing this. Like these big name guys, like James Conn. Yeah. He just knew it would never work. So he gets Reeves, which was perfect. I mean, the way that you and I feel about Michael Keaton as Batman is the way a lot of people feel about Christopher Reeves as Superman. Yeah. Henry Cavill's great though. Yeah, Yeah. he is. But, but I don't know. No, no. I I feel like they're on par. Do you know what I mean? Like I like them. It's a hot take. It's a hot take. I do like Henry Cavill a lot. I just mispronounced his name, whatever. (laughs) So yeah, they make this movie and he really does justice to it. It's got, and we've talked about this before about the value of the origin story and the blending of this origin story plus going to Metropolis and just having, you know, it wasn't campy. It was, and I think it's again, I'm going to butcher his quote, but it was like, this needs to be a love story first. Yeah. And like that he, made it a love story first and it didn't feel over the top in any way. It was great. Then during the entire production of this, he's constantly under just attack from these producers who are worried he's going over budget. You're spending too much money. They seem like jerks. They do seem like jerks Foreign and jerks. Right. And then the movie's a smashing success. While they're shooting Superman one, they're shooting all the cuts and pieces for Superman simultaneously. Simultaneously. So so like if if they're at the daily planet, they're shooting all the daily planet scenes for one and two. Right. In addition to all of this, Gene Hackman and Marlon Brando were already on board for this and he had to like go meet with them and talk with them. Biggest actors in the world at the time. And he was so nervous, like listening to him talk about it was great. So he goes to see Gene Hackman. I love this one story. And then we got to get moving or we're going to be on Superman all day. You're doing the mustache. And I mean, yeah, I haven't even gotten yeah. to Goonies yet. So Gene Hackman has this big, thick mustache and you know, you're going to deal with like an A-list actor and you don't know what's going to happen. So Gene Hackman didn't want to shave his mustache. So Donner goes to see Gene Hackman and Donner's got this thick, thick mustache and says, look, you shave yours off. I'll shave mine. And like Gene Hackman was like, oh, all right. I like the cut of your jib. And so Gene Hackman shaves his mustache off and Donner's mustache was fake. Yep. He made a <laughs> fake mustache. I know that sounds like absurd, but like you got to remember these, these directors are dealing with that's yeah. Gene Hackman, right? Yeah. And the Marlon Brando stories. I mean, there's about a million of them, but it's, he wanted to play it like a bagel. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's Brando was uh, something else. Yep. Something else towards the end of his career. So Max, let's get out of Superman one. Let's hop into his 80s career. Superman 2. Superman 2. Kneel before Zod. Let's let's talk about the significance of this movie. You're not kneeling. I'm going to I'm going to give him Superman 2. He basically directed the whole thing even though he got fired. Yeah, and his cuts better, <laughs> which is wild. Like they they literally fired him and said like I think they sent him a note that said like we won't need your services. That was it. Yeah. After he gave them a blockbuster. I mean Superman 1 crushed it. Oh yeah. Unbelievably disrespectful. <laughs> How dare they? How dare they? I'm going to shout them out. Wait, what are their names? It's, uh... I don't even want to say their names. They don't even deserve it. Alexander Salkind and Ilya Salkind. Whatever. Boo you. Boo you. Uh, Superman 2 Max, what do you got? I mean, kneel before Zod. I will kneel. Yes. <laughs> Good. Okay, okay. Now you're <laughs> you kneeling. You would kneel so fast. <laughs> yes, I would. Uh, There's three gods. I know. In disco I know. suits. <laughs> I like their suits. I love Superman too. Can we wear their suits for our next photo? Come on, come on, focus. Jeez, come on. Zod and his cronies are banished to the Phantom Zone. Nuclear explosion blows up the Phantom Zone. They're back on Earth, or Houston, as they would say. Houston. (laughs) (laughs) And it's basically just Superman against these three gods who are from his planet and have equal powers. And Lois kind of knows that he's Superman. And he's dealing with, should I get rid of my power? Should I be normal? And what do I do with these three people who have the same powers as me? Right. Gene Ackman is Lex Luthor, all the normal players. He's just goofing around. He is. <laughs> the Have you seen the Donner cut? Yeah. So I find the scenes incredible that were taken out. They they make the, the, such a richer story. When Lois jumps off the uh, the Daily Planet for the first time, that's like, I mean, it shocks you. That I agree. Prove, yeah. I, I agree. For me, the stronger scenes are when he's talking with 
uh, Marlon Brando when he's the talking with his dad, dude. and he's yeah. in the, that that stuff. I mean, it humanizes Superman. Yeah, it's it's great stuff. I mean, it's like great acting. It, it, I think those were sorely missed in the original. No, he didn't want camp. He wanted like a real a movie. real movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Although this movie made one hundred ninety million dollars. That's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think Donner still got paid points on the back. Oh, I'm sure yeah, he did, dude. You can't. I mean, he did all the work. I mean, like you said, he filmed the vast majority of it. Yeah. So that to me, when we start talking about the love affair with Richard Donner, for me, it works chronological because before I saw the Goonies, I saw Superman and Superman 2. Oh, that's nice. I, this is I, I fell in love with his work and I just never put two and two together on Superman 2. I just assumed it was Donner. But this is this is a great movie. Yeah. This is where superhero movies needed to be. And we have to remember, too, what existed before this was, you know, pow. Yeah, it was a whole, which has its place. I'm not knocking it. I don't know. West, 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 Diane Weaston, whatever. She'd be a good Batman. She would be a good Batman. I got to be honest with you. I want to jump to the next movie. for Yes. No, no, I'm going to give you years. I'm just saying this right now. I, you and I, I think, are going to say the same thing. Look, let me let me make the statement. You tell me if you agree. Yep. I had never seen this movie prior to doing the research for this. Didn't episode. know it existed. Didn't know it existed. Is this one of your favorite Donner films? It might be recency bias, but it might be my favorite. This movie's incredible. Yeah. The most incredible movie that no one's heard of. Nope. 1980. Say it. Inside moves. There it is. <laughs> Quick synopsis of what this movie is. <laughs> a guy. Yep. Tries to kill himself. Just jumps out a window. Jumps out a window. Fails at killing himself. Yep. He's put it's in a yeah, he's, he he moves into like a halfway house yep. for people that are crippled. Yep. And there's a local bar Max's. called Max's, Woo. which is awesome. They have shirts too. They really do. I bet they do. I want one. And that bar is kind of the local hangout. The refuge for, for all the of the, yeah, for all the people that are broken, all these kind of crippled people that have different ailments, different yeah. issues. No hands, blind. I know if you're listening to this and you've never seen the movie that it sounds a little bit like a bummer. It is just an amazingly exciting, fun, touching, beautiful movie. It's not humanity. Yeah. It's just a great movie. And the acting is exquisite. Yep. I said it. I said exquisite. Yeah. I don't care. And I loved everything about this movie. I couldn't keep my eyes off of it. John Savage plays Rory, the guy who jumped out the window yep. and kind of broken, has a big beard, finds his family there. Bonds with the bartender, Jerry Maxwell, who's David Morris in his first role. Yeah. If you don't know who he is. The he, Rock. Yeah, The Rock. He's like the second in command at yeah. Harris. You've seen I him was, in, I've seen him in a ton of seen stuff. seen him in everything. Yeah. So he's a out-on-his-luck basketball player who could have played pro but has like a bad knee in, injury. And Rory somehow gets one of the NBA players to pay for his surgery. Yeah. And Jerry becomes an NBA player and kind of forgets his friends. And yeah. it's about connections, standing up to your friends. Family. Yeah. Just like second chances. This is the best second chance movie I've ever seen. And there's also, there's a speech at the end in an empty basketball stadium between two people where it's like echoing. I've never seen like a stand up for yourself speech like that. Yeah. Did you like tear up during that? That was like one of the best speeches I've ever seen. Not only did I tear up, but it so explains to me one of the things I love the most about Donner films, mm. which is, I don't know who Donner's best friend is. But he's got to be the luckiest guy alive because Donner understands friendship better than any director he that has really ever does. directed. Like that is at the core, the the most core element of all of his movies to me. And there's some that go outside of that, but for the ones I love, it's friendship. And yeah. this is a great friendship movie. Also, I have a direct connection to this movie. You do. It's so weird. Other than the bar being called Max's. Yeah. So this is the 7980 uh, NBA team, the Warriors. They yeah, use yeah. the real team. Okay. So remember in the beginning, he's calling out Clifford Ray. He's yeah. like, "Hey Ray, you got a rebound." Yeah, yeah. I went to basketball camp. That was Clifford Ray, Robert Parrish, and D Brown. Oh no, kidding. When I was like five or six, that's and, hilarious. And the winners of the three on three tournament got to play them. I guarded Clifford Ray. Oh my god. Yeah. That's <laughs> I can't I can't. I have such a hard time imagining you playing any sports. That's I was so gonna, funny. I'm six foot five. I know. It's still I have such a hard time imagining you playing any sports. It's like Mo, I feel big. All oh right. my god. Yeah. One day I'm gonna have my Rory speech to you because you're my Jerry. 
Thank you. That's a terrible thing to say. If and uh, evil Tony Burton, Burton, if you have HBO Max, it's on HBO Max. Go watch it right now. Yeah, this and is this is a great, great movie. And Harold Sylvester's in it too, mm-hmm. as one of the basketball players. He's the Vision Vision Quest Vision Quest teacher. Yep. Inner Space. He's the general. Uncommon Valor. An officer and a gentleman. He's in a lot. He's awesome. Yeah, and he is. Why didn't you say the married with children thing? You always love married I, with children. He is part of No Ma'am, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't talk about that often. But No Ma'am is a uh, from Married with Children. No, he uh, works with Al Bundy at the shoe store. Yeah, yeah. Riff. If you haven't seen it, it's one of those. It's a pleasant surprise. And the other thing too, and this is I really love this about Donner. Donner's a happy ending movie kind of guy. He is. It, this isn't like watching a Spielberg film where at the end it could be like awful and tragic, <laughs> and uh, which he doesn't do in all of them, but this, like you feel good. Yeah. Like Donner and this film and all of his films that I happen to love, everything ends up okay at the end. And I, I like that because yeah. I am not emotionally prepared to deal with anything less than that. What do you mean? You're way prepared for the world. I'm just more prepared than you. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm way prepared for the world. You're a firefighter. There you go. Grow up. All right. I'm sorry. Speaking of growing up. Speaking of growing up, Max, the next movie on the list, The Toy, 1982 <laughs> with Richard Pryor. This is the movie, most questionable. This is this is in the in the bucket of you. Now you and I never talk about Soul Man because yeah. it's like a grossly inappropriate this movie. This is adjacent. This did not age well. Yeah. But it's a really, really good movie and it's hilarious and Richard Pryor is hilarious. And again, relationships, friendships, like family yeah it's just in 2021 not no okay game a little, movie. Over there. A little yeah. i don't even want to talk that much about it do you have any stories you want to well, tell about underemployed it employed reporter finds himself literally purchased as a toy for a rich spoiled brat yeah yeah <laughs> so the best thing about this movie is richard pryor is throwing 120 miles an hour yeah he's in a maid's costume oh, throwing he, fried chicken behind his great. back he's great when he's in that little yellow uh inflatable thing mm-hmm. it starts going down. all about the go-karts oh yeah uh, everything they went actually 50 miles an hour oh, i believe it yeah. no it's i love the toy right it's touching i mean it's it's a loving touching movie yeah there's this one moment when richard pryor goes i'm gonna tell your father and you know he gets all upset he's like everyone around here does that he goes well i'm not gonna do that then and then the music chimes in and you're like oh he gets friendship. It. He gets yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. He By the way, F- Fancy Bates is the most '80s wife of all time. <laughs> Big time. The aerobics, the Southern accent, and Jackie Gleason is really good in this. Really, movie. really US good. Bates. Oh my god. <laughs> he's and like and that's the thing too is he's kind of an awful father who is totally redeemed by the end of it. It's a good movie. It's just like I said, it's did not age that nope. well. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Moving from the toy to. Donner's next film, 1985, Lady Hawk. Do you know why there was a three-year delay in his film career? I don't. I don't know why there was a delay. And additionally, Lady Hawk itself was Mm -hmm. in like pre-production hell for like a decade. So uh, maybe that had something to do with it. I I don't know. Uh, Max, tell me about Lady Hawk. Tell me about the Lady of the Hawk. (laughs) There's a thief who escapes a dungeon and soldiers about to kill him. And this dude, Navar, saves him. (laughs) And Navar is traveling with a spirited hawk. And she turns into a woman during the day and he turns into a wolf at night. Yes. And they were, they fell in love with each other or vice versa. Yeah. No, yeah, <laughs> something like that. They, they fell in love with each other and a high priest that couldn't bear to see this woman that he loved be with Navarre, put a curse from the dark overlords. <laughs> you hour the duck in me? No, I had to. Yeah. And this curse made it. So as you said, during the day, he is a normal man and she is a hawk. And at night she is a woman and he is a wolf. So Jordan Belfer. Yeah. Yeah. So I, this is, this is a tough one for me. I don't dislike this movie. I don't love this movie. Yeah. It's got a little bit of, if you've never seen it, it's definitely worth watching. Right. But if it's got to me a little bit of Monty Python and the Holy Grail meets Highlander meets Willow 
and, and you smash enough, them all. There's not enough of one to theme. make it work. Yeah. yeah. So well, there, it's bombed at the box office. It made well, 18, 18, made 18 million on 20 million. I can kind of see why. So originally, and there was a lot of changes. I think the development hell was because a lot of people dropped in and out of it. So at one point, Kurt Russell was going to be Navarre. That could have been fun. I think. And I think Michelle Pfeiffer was kind of locked in and she was great. Yeah. I actually thought she saved the movie. Broderick was not good in this. What? I thought he was like more I, anxious Ferris. I didn't, I did not like Broderick in this. Ferris. And, and certainly a lot of people have argued that like outside of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, he hasn't done a ton. I loved Godzilla. him. In, I loved him in the freshman and war games. I, yeah. But both of those, I just did not love Lady Hawk, but there are people that live and die by this movie. Yeah. That love Lady Hawk. It's on Amazon's top hundred eighties movies. Really? Yeah. Like I, high up there. It's, it's good. I, part of it too is you and I are not big fantasy adventure movie guys with the exception of like crawl crawl yeah you know like so it has a little bit of element of crawl in it but crawl doesn't take itself as serious i think this takes itself crawl more takes serious it very seriously the glaive <laughs> is real um <laughs> and ruger howard needs to be a bad guy mostly right yeah At, and he was coming right off of uh blade runner blade runner well, so, 82 so three years yeah so he was it was a coup for him to take this what other rules was he in but blind fury <laughs> what <laughs> nothing oh and nighthawks Nighthawks, he's awesome. All right, he's like down. the ultimate terrorist. Calm down, just calm down. You love Nighthawks? Lady Hawks, Nighthawks, Hawks. Max, I got nothing else on Lady Hawks. Do you have anything? I will follow you the length of my days. Well, would you be surprised if I told you that I literally don't care about any of the movies we talked about, and I'm just trying to fast forward <laughs> us to the one that we're about to talk about? Oh, Mick Jagger was considered for Bishop. Great, that's awesome. Yeah, are we done talking about this movie? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I just there's a, there's a movie coming up that I want to talk about. Can we skip this one? Nope, we cannot. The 1985 <sighs> experience, not even a movie, it's an experience. The Goonies. This movie talks about how, how do I even intro this movie? A group of young boys in an effort to save their parents' homes, which have all been sold and foreclosed on, so that a golf course and condo complex or is it just a golf course i'm trying to think sure sure it's going to be built there <laughs> astoria oregon yes they find a treasure map to one-eyed willies one-eyed willies treasure map and they go on their last adventure as a group of friends before they're or forced the to move out adventure. or their first to go and find this treasure and save the day the parents can't do it so the kids have to max single greatest movie ever made i think god himself said it <laughs> I could be mistaken. I like this. Is movie. it in the Bible? Oh yeah, no, no. Tell, tell me how you like it. So let me back up. When we first started this podcast, Mo would just basically talk about the Goonies all day, every day, and I hadn't seen it. And then I watched it once while I was cleaning my house, and I had a little baby Bjorn and an iPad, so I wasn't really focusing. And I just wanted to upset Mo because he's good at all these '80s movies, and I didn't know much. So I was like, let me just dig at what he loves. And I kind of was like, Goonies are meh. Yeah, you learned and your lesson. You learned your lesson. I didn't think other people were going to listen to this podcast. Oh, I didn't man. think this was going to be my shtick. Here we are six months later. I can't, you can't lose it. People hammer you. Every day we get a message from someone saying Max is an idiot. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, about other things too. No, yeah. mostly that you're an idiot. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no. I meant about like not Goonie. I don't know. But <laughs> I like the Goonies and I watched it again yesterday and it is every time chunk makes me laugh. Right. So the, here's the thing related to Donner that I learned about the Goonies because I thought I knew everything about the Goonies. But then for this episode, I wanted to learn more about Richard Donner. He was stunned when Spielberg wanted him to do this movie. Yeah. Because he's a bigger he, kid than he Well, was. no, because he's like, look, Spielberg is the guy who should do this movie. You just did E.T. You work with kids to go do this. Yeah. And you're right. Spielberg's whole thing was, I want someone who's a big kid. Like, yeah. that's who I wanted to do this movie. Donner didn't dislike kids. 
but he wasn't thrilled about working with them. He kept on saying things like they're not professional. They don't hit their marks. They don't know how to redo things. If you look behind the scenes, search behind the scenes Goonies and watch him talk to the uh, kids, he's having fun. Oh, yeah. But he's really upset sometimes. Yeah. Too. He's like, you missed your mark. And so he's the, like slaps him on the face. So there's lovingly, a lovingly. yeah, lovingly. He wasn't <laughs> abusing any kids. Uh, do you know? Do you know about the pranks uh, in, in particular, the Spielberg prank, the Hawaii trip? Yeah. So that's I think that's a great story. So they used to do pranks all the time. So a lot of the shooting they were doing obviously required wetsuits and dry suits. So like they messed with the zippers on one of his wetsuits. So they or excuse me, on his dry suit, just, you know, dry suits, you wear actual clothes underneath them. Wetsuits, you don't. Oh, so on a wetsuit. It doesn't matter if you get wet, you're going to get wet. In the dry suit, they left the zippers open and I guess he got into it and was soaked. Like little, little silly <laughs> yeah. things like that. So Spielberg talked to the kids and the last week of shooting said, ignore him all week. If you guys can all ignore Donner for one week, I will pay and fly you all to Hawaii for a rap party at the end when we wrap shooting. So Donner was like furious. He was going home to his wife. He's like, I've had enough of this. These kids are awful. Yeah. And then I guess he had a place in Hawaii and they all showed up and had a big barbecue there. That's awesome. I thought it was funny. Yeah. He did great things with them to bring the best out of them. Like part of why you love this movie is you're genuinely bought into this childlike innocence yep. of this adventure. But they're swearing and like, it's there like, is, yeah. there is, but yeah. it's still like, it's very like, so one of the things, his big uh, phrase that he would say is big eyes. He would tell them big eyes. So like when they're looking at the map for the first time or yeah. when they're finding treasure, he would be, you know, giving them stage direction of big eyes. Of course, then there's like the way that he dealt with Mikey, right? So he gave him bits and pieces of the one-eyed Willie story. And he let him improvise. And let right? him improvise. Yeah. And it gave that feel of like a kid trying to repeat a story that his dad told him. Yeah. And then the most, most famous Goonies behind the scenes story ever. I'm done after this. I swear to God. You do an octopus? I couldn't. No, not the octopus. Okay. That's a great story, but it's not the most famous Goonies story. The most famous Goonies story is they built and recreated the entire ship. Yep. And they had it in that whatever pool on the set and all the kids came down the slide and they never let any of the kids see it. And the first time they saw it, they ran the cameras and the kids were so blown away. They were all swearing. And they had to reshoot the entire scene because they were all dropping like F-bombs because they yeah. couldn't believe how incredible it was to see the pirate ship. <laughs> That's awesome. What do you got? What I didn't cover. 900,000 gallons of water were used in this movie. It's like the abyss. That's a lot of water. That's a lot of water. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else do I got? I have one more story. You tell me when you're done because I could go on forever, but I have one more really cool story. Well, I thought it was cool. He kept the one-eyed Willie uh, treasure map. Oh, no, no, the treasure map, the head. The he one-eyed of Willie's head yeah, and yeah. a model of the ship. And also, Martha Plimpton made a bet with Richard Donner that she would stop biting her nails during this movie, and he never paid up. And on the DVD commentary, he paid up alive. Oh, no, you're kidding. So, he just seems like a good dude. Have you heard him interviewed? He's kind of just, he kind of jokes and messes with people. Yeah. One story that, this is a kind of a two-part story, one of which is, he hated having Jeff Cohn, who played Chunk, do the truffle shuffle. It made him uncomfortable. Really? Even though even though Cohn was okay with it, Donner just had this kind of sensitivity to, you know, knowing that there's pain behind these things and it can hurt people. Fast forward, okay? Mm. So Jeff Cohn did not have much of an acting career after this, but he ended up being the captain of the football team in high school, the captain of the wrestling team in high school, and he got into law school. Wow. And he called, and right now he's a very prominent um, entertainment attorney, I think. He's an attorney, I think entertainment. I don't Good know. Good looking dude, too. He reaches out to Donner. Yeah. And says, hey, listen, I really could use a letter of recommendation. And he said, sure, can you give me some notes, you know, of what I should talk about, what I should review? And he, he sent Donner this information about how it was really, it's been really tough for him and his family and some of the things he's come, overcame in his life. Mm. Donner called Jeff Cohn and said, my wife and I have decided we're going to pay for your entire college education. Shut up. I kid you not. Wow. I kid you not. Isn't that a great story? That is awesome. I guess Jeff Cohn was just interviewed. It was a little bit ago. I think it's getting recirculated because obviously right. he passed away. But like, that's the kind of guy that Richard Donner was like, yeah. Cohn was just asking for like a letter of rec. Yeah. And he was like, no, we're going to just, we're going to pay for your college education because he thinks of them as family. I just think that's like wonderful. Right. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. 
So Max, unless you want me to talk for another hour about the Goonies. Superman shirt. Sloth. That's kind of cool. He does that. Oh, also in inside moves. There's a Superman pinball machine in the background. You see that? I did. So you may have already passed this, but did Richard Donner have a cameo in Inside Moves as the ambulance guy? He did. That was him. Yeah. I didn't look it yeah, up, yeah, but I knew yeah. you would know. Yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> does he do? Does he do cameos in all of his movies? Not all of them. Okay. But have we missed one yet? He's not in Lady Hawk. We'll keep going. All right, yeah. all right. I just want. I knew you would know. Onwards and upwards. Onwards and upwards. So for me. The Goonies, you know, this is like one of my favorite, forget the 80s, this is my one of my favorite movies of all time. Yep. But this also, to me, is the perfect example of what a Richard Donner movie is. Action, friendship, and you're invested. You're yep. really invested in the movie the whole time. Yeah. Which takes us, Max, this is Lethal Weapon. This is his apex. 1987. Movie. This movie changed the genre. Completely. I mean, all this the, is the best buddy cop film ever. You can argue Running Scared started this. Or 48 Hours. I mean, there's other... 48 Hours, criminal, cop, a little different. Right. Yeah. I don't know. What? Riggs is a Riggs is a criminal. <laughs> He's a little <laughs> bit of a criminal. He's a naked criminal. Yeah, right? So... Of course, for breakfast. Lethal Weapon is the story of one cop who is suicidal, on the edge. Yep. A disaster. Eat a gun. Yep. Younger guy. Younger yeah. guy. Which, by the way, is not even that young. When you their ages blow my mind. So he actually did Mel this. was thirty and he's playing thirty eight. Yeah. But he looks like forty two his right. whole life. Right. And Danny Glover is playing fifty and he's forty. Right. And his daughter is twenty seven, playing oh seventeen. It's so funny. <laughs> so Riggs, who's played by Mel Gibson, is the wild, you know, reckless cop. And with then the best hair in the eighties. Danny Glover is uh Murtaugh, who is the, you know Grizzled vet. Grizzled vet still shoots a revolver. Family man. And he's just getting too old for this, Max. He wants to retire. <laughs> so he gets partnered with this lunatic and the friendship that they form. This is classic Donner because yeah. you have explosions, jumping off buildings, action, but it's not gratuitous and it's paired perfectly with this intense budding friendship yep. that like builds from detest to trust to family. And it's, it, it's it's amazing. And well, they have chemistry too, like no one else. Like out of a thousand people that could be together in this movie. They're the perfect they're perfect. It's perfect. And you know, you know what's is, it, is this an unrecastable movie? We have a handful that we say this. Is this unrecastable? Yeah, I wouldn't touch it. Who could you possibly say could have that type of chemistry? So it's so interesting. Hey, I can't think of anybody. I can't either. Yeah. I mean, Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum kind of, <laughs> but that's a different, <laughs> it's a different movie. Yeah, yeah. It's a very They're different great though. They are great. Yeah. <laughs> but the rock and Kevin Hart, you know, <laughs> I think the best part of this movie, it kind of relates back to how we talked about Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. Dan Aykroyd wanted a $300 million insane movie and, you know, Ivan Reitman truncated it down to what it was. In this movie, Shane Black's script. Which, to remind everyone, Shane Black is the handsome young gentleman who both played Hawkins in Predator yep. and cleaned up the script for Predator and also wrote the scripts for such incredible movies as The Last Boy Scout. And Iron Man 3. Yes. And you. Lethal Weapon and Lethal Weapon 2. Yes. But his movies were way darker. Like, he wanted Riggs shooting... Riggs uh, was supposed to die at the end. They shot two versions. Did you know that? That's in the second one, man. Oh, really? Yeah, you're going My ahead. My bad. Oh, yeah, whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah. whoa. Okay, let the master I speak. I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So he had this real film noir, you know, kids dying in, in certain scenes. And Donner's like, no, let's clean this up. Let's make it more happy-go-lucky. And I think that combination of kind of the grit, like in the beginning when the girl jumps off, again, another person jumping off a building. Yeah. That seems like LA Confidential film noir stuff. But the buddy cop stuff really is Donner's contribution to it. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. And it works perfectly. Lethal Weapon is second to none. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. Yeah. Do you know Mel Gibson has a horseshoe kidney? That means both his kidneys are in one. No. Yeah, isn't that weird? That is super weird. Thanks, <laughs> for, thanks for that fact. Best quote ever. Oh, first of all, Gary Busey. They, oh, they picked him off the rubble heap. Yeah. He was not like, 
he was not popular at all. And him as Joshua in this movie. He was perfect. Yeah, lighting the candle. Oh, anything. God. I love Gary Busey, man. Oh, my God. And the fight at the end. Can we can we find a way to talk about Point Break on Buzz in the Tower? <laughs> so, we'll do an 80s, 90s mo- uh, movies that should have been in the 80s. We got to do something. We will. I, I got to find a way to talk about <laughs> Point Break. So the final scene, you know, when they're fighting in the like MMA circle yeah. in front of the house, which, which is, by the way, can we talk about how outrageous that is? It's like, insane. like nowadays, I mean, not even nowadays. I even think at the time, like, yeah, you have killed multiple police officers, and we're just gonna get the chopper up there to put some lights on you and just let you guys fight it out, man, mano a mano. So Donner wasn't a big fighting action movie kind of guy. Like he didn't know how to like choreograph it. Mm-hmm. He asked his AD, he's like, "Hey, do you know anything about it?" He was a big MMA guy. He got three types of fighting technicians. So jailhouse fighting, capoeira, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu are all used in it. So capoeira, do you mean capoeira? Capoeira. Calapoeira? I don't know. Calamari? Calipari. We'll call it calamari. It's the Brazilian where they flip up and down. Capoeira. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> I think so. I think it's capoeira. Isn't it? Banya way. Banya way. And he consulted with the LA Sheriff's Department to like, get things real. And also the helicopter shots in the desert. Yeah. Where's that desert? Where did they know. go? I, yeah. Oh, and Riggs when he shoots the smiley face. <laughs> everything nice everything about that movie is the so do great. you want to jump scene might be my favorite. Do you want to jump? Yeah. <laughs> you the, say that you said at least five times on the show. It's because it's the crazy eyed Mel Gibson. And he's just, you don't know that there's that little inflatable thing yeah, yeah. underneath. And you're just like, what is this guy doing? He's a little bit nuts. A little bit nuts. Speaking of nuts, I had no idea that Scrooge was directed by Richard Donner. Really? No idea. There's a whole thing about him and Bill Murray hating each other. I just always love this movie. Yeah. This was something that I researched and learned about, uh, but I had absolutely no clue. This movie wears me out. I love Scrooge. Scrooge is probably one of my favorite holiday movies. It's right up there with uh, Christmas Vacation. I mean, I put it in my top two or three. Do we put it in our Christmas special movies? Yeah. We okay. talk about Scrooge. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Come on. Come okay. on. Jeez. Well, let people know what Scrooge is. Naughty or Nice. Remember we talked about this uh, you, on the Naughty Nice list. You gave me Bobcat Goldwave's uh, character. <laughs> Elliot Louderman. Elliot Louderman. Louderman. Louder milk. Louder milk. <laughs> loud loud or milk? No, it's like loud milk. Like yeah, milk loud that's milk. louder. Loud milk. Louder or milk? Louder than milk? I hate you. <laughs> Tell the people what Scrooge is about. It is an updated version of the classic Charles Dickens A Christmas Carol. Bill Murray basically plays Ebenezer Scrooge. Yep. And Frank Cross. Yes. Frank it, Xavier Cross. It is. It is I mean, Murray basically improv 90% of the entire movie uh, when asked about it. Donner <laughs> Donner said it's like standing on 42nd Street and Broadway and the lights are out and you're a traffic cop. <laughs> so that, that's how he explained basically doing it. And Murray said about Donner, he goes, he kept telling me to do things louder, louder, louder. I think he was deaf. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know, this is weird. Uh, Murray did this off of a four year self-imposed uh, retreat from movies. Really? So yeah, he didn't do. If you think about it, he didn't have anything. I think there's. He had one. Wait, Ghostbusters is the last one, or Razor's Edge? No, he had some very small bit part in. So, oh, uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors. That was it. Yep. That was the only other role he had during a three or four year period up until this. He actually name drops it in this movie. Yeah. 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 It's Scrooge is great. You still get this like feel of lethal weapon, big over the top effects, the buildings, the wide shots of, of coming up and down the skyscraper. But Donner said basically the, the entire last scene of the movie and Murray's ability to pull it off is what was going to determine whether the movie worked or you not. You gotta want it every day. That's, that's great. <laughs> right? Put, yeah. put a little love in your heart. <laughs> I like his relationship with Gail too, the assistant. Tell me you don't cry when her son says, and God bless us, everyone. So every time I watch this movie, I think it's gonna be more heartwarming than it is, and it's just creepy. 
Like, why do you think it's creepy? The Danny Elfman score is Beetlejuicey. Yeah, it, it is. is. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I agree. And the ghosts are unexpectedly like spooky and yeah. odd. Yeah, Caroline. Yeah, uh, Scrooge, 1988, great movie, great Richard Donner movie. Oh, I got a great. You got another one before no, I move to the yeah. last movie. Well, first of all, I made a hundred million dollars. Most of his movies during this time, I think like ninety percent of them made over a hundred million dollars. Yeah, yeah. So this is the feel good part. He. Couldn't get everyone Christmas Day off. They were like, you got to shoot. You got to go through everything. Like, th- that's what the studio said. On December 24th, he fired his entire staff, and he rehired them December 26th. That's the most Donner thing ever. Isn't that cool? I love it. Yeah. I love it. And Donner's in this movie. What What he's, is his role? He's a worker in the control room at the end of the movie. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Um, Max. I'd be in all my movies, too, if I was doing that, right? Would you? No. no? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of modest like that. Uh, before we- <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> before we go to the last movie. We totally forgot because it's Richard Donner and my brain is on the Goonies. We need to take a commercial break and talk about our sponsors. Let's do it. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Capsiva Pain Relieving Gel. And I can tell you that if you're sitting at a table across from a guy who has to go to the bathroom every 25 minutes, sure. you're going to get arthritis. You're going to get muscle soreness, psoriasis. Um, Capsiva is all Sorry. natural. It's okay. <laughs> Capsiva is all natural and designed to increase blood flow for the healing and pain relief process. Uh, try it for free at capsiva.com. That's C-A-P-S-I-V-A.com. And uh, you know, Max, I'm an old man, and I need this kind of stuff. It works. is It's it's great stuff. Yeah, it's like Wilford Brimley and Cocoon. You know what I mean? It's, you feel revitalized. It, that's exactly what it's like. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Lindsay Larravee Photography. Uh, if you have checked out our website, hopefully you have. You've seen the amazing photos that were put up there. Lindsay, so good. Yeah, Lindsay and her team did all of those. She teased my hair. She was she was fun to work with. Uh, just made the whole experience really exciting for us. She has been taking photos of families, children, and smiles in Metro Detroit since 2017. Um, She loves what she does, and it shows. She works with her clients, catches everything in the moment, and adores watching the connections and relationships unfold in front of her lens. If you mention Buzz in the Tower, you get $25 off any family session in 2021. You can find Lindsay on our website under our sponsors page. Uh, Check her up and get some work done. She is fantastic. Yeah, she made us look good. She can make anyone look good. As always, those are some you-know-what ads. Delicious. Delicious. Uh, what do you put on your ads? A little salt, a little, little pepper? Little, yeah, a little, a little Tabasco ketchup? sauce. Yeah, there you go. Tabasco's gross. It's all vinegary. So I have to give do you- Do you like Tabasco? I do. No. I like all, red, all hot sauces. Frank's Red Hot. I just, we on our break, we literally just got done talking about how we got to keep the pace up because we got to get to this last movie, and you want to have a conversation about hot sauce. Tabasco, it's important. Take a deep breath. Tabasco's trash. <laughs> You heard it here well, first. Well, there's someone we're not getting as a sponsor <laughs> in the future. Are we ready to talk about Donner's final 80s film? It's just been revoked. <laughs> Lethal Weapon 2. Cougaran! It, it is so unbelievably nerve-wracking to have to follow up a success. Yep. And to do it well is so difficult and only a couple years apart. So was he already signed on for Lethal Weapon 2 when Lethal Weapon 1 was, or did they wait and see what a success it was? And they were like, let's go. I thought they wait and saw. All right. Yeah. I don't think this was. Gonna, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I just that's, like, how get, that's how he got all his money. He got points on the back end because people weren't sure. Do you like two more than one? Yes. It's better. It's it's the ultimate action movie. Yeah. It's perfect. They put in a slapstick comedy. Like, Pesci. Yeah. So yeah. 25 minutes in, you don't even have Pesci. Leo Getz comes in. Okay. 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 I, I love it. <laughs> Their interaction is so Hyper, perfect. hyperactive. And it's perfect. It's it's incredible. When he's talking about, they screw you at the drive-in. Yeah, yeah. Like, screw you for, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this movie made $227 million. Oh, and also the toilet bomb, which we're going to talk about right now. Yeah. 
the fact that Riggs is like, I'm not going anywhere. You know? All right, so wait, we're, we're all over the map. Lethal Weapon 2. Okay, South African Riggs, evil people. Riggs and Murtaugh are okay. back together, and they uncover basically a, is it just drugs? Or, or is it's it? It's everything. It's everything. Yeah. Money laundering. And South it's being, African diplomats. Yes, and they have uh, diplomatic immunity. Diplomatic immunity. And in the mix of all of this, Riggs and Murtaugh get stuck on the worst type of duty that a cop can have, which yep. is to basically watch a witness who's appearing in federal court. Yep. And that's how they meet Leo Getz. Whatever you need, Leo gets. And another jump out the window moment. Oh, with, with, the three of them. Why didn't you come after us? <laughs> That's that, that interaction after they're in the pool. Yeah. And he punches Leo in the face. <laughs> and Leo's nose is broken. And Murtaugh <laughs> comes down there. I love how Murtaugh's always like day late, dollar short. Yeah. He comes down there and... <laughs> And, and Riggs is like, why didn't you come after me? You're my partner. And Leo's like, yeah, yeah. Why didn't you come after him? <laughs> then there's also the surfboard through the head. Yeah. And that's wild, yeah. right? Oh, the whole movie's great. And then you get love interest, your first love interest with uh, Riggs. And then they kill her off. Yeah. And you find out the South Africans killed his first wife. Right. You didn't even Which need that. Wild. Yeah. No, it was just extra Did spice. See, didn't see that coming. No, sir. No, yeah. sir. I also have to mention, Max, that Vasquez and Drake from Aliens are both in Lethal Weapon 2. Yeah. Vasquez is the cop and Drake is Hans, right? He's doing the red BMW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's being Dies at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, so is what's his face from uh, Breaking Hank. Bad. Yeah. Hank from Breaking D Bad. D Norris. D Norris. There you go. You know he went to Harvard. I did not. Yeah. Sounds like a guy who went to Harvard. So you, what do you got? You got, I know you got two more things about this movie or a couple more things about the toilet movie. bomb. Oh, the toilet bomb. It's a great scene. It's a great scene. And just so he's stuck on the toilet. There's humor around it. The bomb squad, everything else. But like there's two parts of that scene yep. that do it for me. One is when the head of the bomb squad says, all right, Riggs, get out of here. It's like, I'm not leaving. And and like, you just, they take time to really put the camera on his face. Yeah. It's a tight shot. Yep. And like, you just get it. Like, he will die for Murtaugh. Yep. You just know he's not going anywhere. No. And then when they're about to jump or jump, when they're about to leap off the toilet, you know, the count of three on three or after three, that moment where Murtaugh basically wants to say, I love you, but he can't say, I love you. He just says, Riggs. And he like moves his lips a little bit and Riggs is like, I know. He goes, I mean it, man. It was like, I'm like, oh my God, this is like the the best bromance ever. It's incredible. Uh, and a uh, Max, your favorite scene in the whole movie. Shoulder separation. Yeah. The, the, the straight, the straight jacket. <laughs> when he puts it back in right you in front of the psychologist. Love, you love the straight jacket. Yeah. Oh, I can do whatever I want. When, when you're young and you watch that, you're like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. It's like, it's like jumping out of uh, handcuffs. <laughs> if you got arrested by the police, uh, it's look, what a great way for Donner to end the eighties. Am yeah. I right? Oh yeah. So we have just covered, I feel like we speed dated through Donner's catalog, but you know, that's, that's every dance was a slow dance. We looked, looked longingly into his eyes. So we have now the opportunity to go to one of my favorite parts of the show, the buzz in the tower fan spotlight. Max today's, Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight is Scott and his Instagram handle is at the Goonies underscore Insta I N S T A underscore adventure. So at the Goonies underscore Insta underscore adventure. If I wasn't on Buzz in the Tower, I wasn't doing a podcast and I had to focus one thing, focus on one thing in my life. It would be to curate the digital museum of the Goonies that Scott has done. <laughs> he is living my dream right now. Yeah, he is. I mean, I don't know what his buzz in the tower spotlight remarks are going to be. We reached out to him and said, Hey, we're doing a tribute to Richard Donner. We'd love to hear what your thoughts are. I suspect 
it's going to be Goonies heavy. This is a cherry on top of my shame Sunday. Yeah, I am. Uh, I, you know what? This is going to be one of my shortest intros ever because I just want to listen to it. So with that, Scott, take it away. First off, I'd like to say that I'm honored to be on Buzzing the Tower podcast with a couple of fellow Michiganders. I enjoy listening to the show at work every week. I'm also beyond honored to be asked to talk about Superman himself and true head Goonie, the late, great Richard Donner. I was so sad to hear about his passing. However, at 91 years old, what a legacy he left behind. From getting his start in directing classic TV shows of the 60s and 70s to the omen of, and of course a huge part of all of our childhoods with Superman the movie. Talking 80s though, you have the toy and Lady Hawk. Personally, Scrooge is a must-watch every Christmas. And I think I will go on a Lethal Weapon marathon this week. But of course, my favorite Richard Donner film and my favorite movie ever has to be The Goonies. Sorry, Max, but The Goonies really is the ultimate in film. It has humor, fun, danger, and the greatest adventure any kid could dream of going on. And every kid did imagine being along with The Goonies. Even today, every time I watch it, I laugh out loud, get the chills, shed a tear, and I smile with pure joy through the entire movie. Yes, it was Spielberg's idea, and an up-and-coming Chris Columbus wrote the screenplay, but it was Dick Donner who made it all work. I mean, keeping that cast of young, talented actors and actresses in line must have been hard enough. But the director, with his booming voice and memorable laugh, was able to make pure movie magic that is often imitated but rarely seen in films before or after. And The Goonies is still widely referenced and influencing shows and films to this day. Still, possibly the best part of it all is that in any behind-the-scenes footage or interview over the years, and in the tributes coming out now, you can just see how much he meant to all of the cast and crew, and how much that they meant to him for the remainder of his life. They talk about what a great guy he was, and how much fun he kept things on set. I just love the story of how after shooting had wrapped, Spielberg managed to fly the cast and crew out to Donner's Hawaiian vacation house to surprise him. So after Richard thinks he's finally getting a break from all the kids, here they are at his beach house. The Goonies were always there for each other, and Dick was truly the biggest Goonie of the bunch. That is why, even with his amazing catalog of classics, even with making Superman fly, the Goonies may possibly live on as his greatest achievement, because Goonies never say die. Thank you, Richard Donner, for everything. And thanks again to Mo and Max. It is your time on here. I mean, he nailed it. Yep. That was emotional. Yeah. And, and like you could hear it in his voice. That's the thing about Richard Donner, about the Goonies, about all these movies. It's no joke, man. Like people love this stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's it's why he's gonna be missed. He lived in ninety one years old. Long full. He lived life. a wonderful life, made an impact on people's life behind the camera. You know, a little bit different to talk about than actors, but you, we just went over his catalog just in the eighties. Yeah. That doesn't even count for the fact like Radio Flyer, which is a movie I Maverick. Love. I love Maverick. Yeah. There's a ton of movies out there that uh, the Omen, which I'm shocked that you watch because you're scared of everything. <laughs> so we've wrapped up our remembering Richard Donner episode and it feels good. I felt good to talk about his movies. I'm I, like I said, I love his movies. Yeah. He's feel good all the way through. Yeah. You know I mean? This is like positivity and friendship. Like you said. Yeah. And, happy endings. That's and, a I'm big fan. And he dealt with Titans of the industry and really held his own. And like, he's, he's so well respected. Like yeah. nobody has a bad word to say about him. Like, no. Everybody's just got great things to say about Richard Donner. You watch the lethal weapon, like tribute stuff. Yeah. Like Danny Glover and Mel Gibson couldn't be, oh, they, they fall over themselves. Yeah. 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 And, and they're not, yeah, it's, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, a great example is Gene Hackman didn't come back for the reshoots on Superman too. Yeah. He's like, yeah. screw it. Yeah. I'm a Donner guy. Yeah, and which you know is what? great. We're Donner guys. We're Donner guys for Donner sure. Donner guys. <laughs> Roadhouse. <laughs> so let's remind everyone, our contest for this week yep. is to go and subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Yep. If you're on Spotify or something else, 
take a snap of it, take a picture of it, send it to us via social media. We'll add you into the drawing because that's just the kind of giving people we are. And if you're technologically deficient like me, message me on any of the social media platforms. I'll walk you through how to do it. Awesome. Look at that. Max, you're a good man. You're a good man. Uh, I have nothing else to add. Do you have anything else to add? Up, up, and away. <laughs> That's a good ending. Yeah. Uh, how about mine? Uh, I already did my Goonies quote. I feel like I, I, I gave you my best at the beginning. Hey, you guys. All right. I can do one. Hey, you guys. Yeah, that's pretty good. Rocky Road. <laughs> <laughs> How's that? But goodbye. All right. Goodbye. <laughs>